New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. BB and CC Wine and family, where their brother was in the hospital and they was doing, doing surgery and pretty much he, uh, he, he died on the operating table. And so they came out and told the family about what had happened and, it, and, and, and BB, I mean, Cece Wine and her dad told the doctor said, we're gonna pray for you and we need you to go back in that room and do what you need to do. So to make a long story short, so when the doctor went back into the room, he never did come back out for a while. So when, they, when he did come back out, that brother who had passed away was now in the recovery room. If you just can't believe it, amen? And see, and this is the key. Uh, regardless of what happened to you 20, 50, 100 years ago, if you can believe it, you can have it. And so many people give up because what they say. And that's what she said in the song. They said this. They said that. They said, but you got to remember, God has the last say-so over, over the situation. And people say, well, you know, this won't happen. I'm telling you, if you can believe it, you can receive it by the grace of God. And if there are things in your life that you've never, that you probably kicked to the curb or you've forgotten all about, you want to see happen? Rekindle that fire and say, God, you did not tell me that this could not happen. That's what they said. But God, you said, if I can believe all things are possible, it is possible by the grace of God. It can happen. And that's why it's so important is to get your minds on the right things. Get the word of God into your heart. Get it out of your head and get it into your heart. Because you can know it, but that don't mean you, it's working for you. And that's why you want to get a, get a chance right now to be able to, not only just to, to know it, but to be able to practice what you know and get it to work for you by the grace of God. Um, I remember a um, pastor told me years ago, he was telling me, he said, you know, he went through some financial challenges. Look at your neighbors at financial challenges. Everybody, most people have had them. If you wasn't born into a rich family, most of us have had financial challenges. And he said, Brother John, he said, listen to me, son. He said, there was time we didn't have any money at all. He said, but I made a confession. I made a confession that God, I will have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in my accounts, church account." There's family accounts and whatever accounts there, business accounts or whatever. And he said, Brother John, I can tell you today, son, I don't just have thousands. I have millions. Are you listening to me? If you just can believe it by the grace of God, you can have it. And you just, just don't give up. Just don't give up. If you can believe that everything your hands touch, it'll prosper. A lot of things you touch, it won't fall apart on you anymore. Well, a lot of you know, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, if I touch it, it's gonna break." No, you don't want to say that. You want to say, "Whatever my hands touch, I will. It will be successful by the grace of God." 
And if we can get that instilled in our hearts, instilled in our minds, when we encounter a situation, guess what? Um, we know for a fact we're coming through. We don't have to worry about if it's going to happen. It may happen. If it be God's will, it's going to happen. You'll know in your heart that it will happen by the grace of God. So that's why it's so important is to get what you believe in, get it, get it straight. If God said it in his word, then that's a promise. That's an authentication saying, guess what? This will happen if you believe it. But if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. It does not matter how much they pray, how much they believe for you or whatever. It, it, it probably won't happen for you because you don't believe it. And just like you remember the scripture in the book of Proverbs, so is a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So that's why it's so important is to believe. And don't get caught up in what you see. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get caught up in what you see. Because what you see many times is going to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That's why it's important to trust God. And if you can get that point in your head and say, guess what? Um, that's why a lot of people end up uh, expiring early, end up checking them, uh, end up dying early because of what they believe, what has been said. Well, if they died early, then I'm going to die early. I got to die with something. No, you don't. No, you don't. And now if you believe that, that probably going to happen to you by the grace of God. And remember what Jesus said? No man take my life from me. Paul said, you know, we have the power to, to, kill, to destroy you and to crucify you. Jesus said, no, you don't. You don't have that type of power. No man take my life, but I lay my life down by the grace of God. So it's all about what you believe. This morning we want to talk to you very briefly about um, believing God is a choice. Believing God is a choice. And, and realizing that Many people are frustrated this morning and disappointed because of uh, what life has done to them. And they feel because of the hand they've been dealt as far as the bad things that happen to their life. They've lost loved ones. They've been, you know, they're quite naturally disappointed by them. They've lost, lost jobs. And a lot of bad and negative things has happened to them over the years. But when you come to a point in your life or you can say, you know what? Regardless of what has happened, this can change today. This is the day this can be turned around. My life can change by the grace of God. It don't have to continue down that road unless you want it to continue down that road. Start thinking on something different. Start looking at things different. Start believing things different. And before you know it, you can begin to experience things different. But as long as you continue to do what you've always done, you will always get what you always got. And, and people say, well, uh, I, I can't do this. Everything in your life is a choice. It's a choice that you make. God has said, I set before you this day both, day both life and death. Choose life. He told Adam and Eve what to do in the garden. He said, the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. In other words, if you want life, if you want the good of life, these are the trees you need to eat from. This is the tree you need to eat from. But what they did, they made a different choice. And because they made a different choice, 
they end up with a different outcome. And regardless of what you have have heard, and regardless of what you believe or whatever, if you can be convinced that God can change it, God can change it. You know there are limbs and body parts in heaven right now. There's waiting for God is waiting for somebody to, to ask him to believe him for it by the grace of God. But so but because of this world in which we live and because of the things we're around every day, people say, well, no, man, that, that's not true. I, I can't see that happening. Remember what the Bible said, all things are possible to them that believe, even blind eyes or whatever. As we begin to approach the end of time, you're going to be seeing, begin to see more of people with blind eyes that are crippled, going to walk right in front of you. But unless you can believe that and accept what God is doing, there'll just be another miracle right in front of you and never happen. Your life is a miracle, believe it or not. Look at all the great things God has done for each one of us. Our life is a miracle. When you are born again, you got to remember, you're not just born again, just be born again, but you are an overcomer. You're not a loser. You're a winner. And not only that, but you're just not a conqueror, but you're more than a conqueror. But people live their life as being defeated. They live their life based upon what the devil say. Well, it can't change. It won't change. You'll never, you'll never see that happen or whatever and all that type of stuff like that. And I'm telling you, if you can believe for it, it would happen by the grace of God. Not only that, but he also causes you to what? To triumph. To tri be triumphing in everything that you do by the grace of God. You don't have to lose. Losing is just an option because you failed to do what God tells you to do to be successful. And many times, that's what causes people to fail because they do not listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit be telling us what to do, how to do it, the way to do it, and guess what? We still want to do it our way. And then when it comes out all messed up and jacked up, we blame God for it. Anything can change. Look at your neighbor and say, anything can change. But you got to believe it. Things can change. And you know, when it comes to believing, believing is an area that not only today's society have problems with, but even during the days of the apostles, they also had problems with believing. A lot of them, even Jesus' family, they could not accept Jesus as a savior. They always looked at Jesus as Mary's boy. This is Joseph's boy, the carpenter's son. They could not look at Jesus, did not see him as a savior. They always looked, they came up with their own view and opinion about him, and they held anything that Jesus did, they held that view and opinion about him. They couldn't get they could not get past what they believe, and they couldn't get past what they seen. And unfortunately, they missed out on a lot of stuff. Go to Luke, if you will, Luke chapter 24, verse 10 through 12. Now, Jesus had told his disciples many years, well, only three years he lived on the earth, years before he was, um, before he was crucified that he was going to die. And he said on the third day that he was going to rise again. He told them that. But now you would think by him telling them that, they would believe that. But people, just like, just like children sometimes, you tell them, say, don't do this. This is going to happen. 
don't do that, that's going to happen. And what they do, like water on a duck's back, just run off them, and they go do just the opposite of what you told them not to do. And then when they do it, there are consequences. That don't mean you, you won't recover from it, but you may have some severe consequences that you have to deal with that situation because. If I went out there and God forbid and got intoxicated and got inebriated and, and got into a car accident and lose my arm or whatever, that don't mean God don't love me and will forgive me for, for, being, in, for being in that state of, uh, state of mind. But guess what? I may have to, I have to live with that, that consequences that I no longer have that arm or that leg or whatever. And that's why God tells us things, and that's why it's so important for us to remember what God tells us. And so even though the Bible said here in the book of Luke, in the book of Luke, he said the women were, were Magdalene, uh, Mary Magdalene and, and Joanna and Mary, the Mary of James and, and some of the others. And then, then it goes on saying, verse 11, the apostles did not believe what they said. They were telling them what they had seen. They, they were telling them all the things that had happened. And guess what? They was not telling them anything new. They was, these women were reminding them, the apostles, what Jesus already had previously told them about what was going to take place anyway. And just like sometimes people, when you go to church, people will say, well, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to do this. You need to go and learn as much as you possibly can so you can become the person that God wants you to become. Don't mean you're a bad person, but things are good, but they can become better. You can learn things from church that you may not learn from the bar. You may not learn from the streets by the grace of God. And so, and so what Peter did after the apostle heard what they had told them, and, and, and you go down to verse 11, it said, they did not believe what they said. It sounded what? What did it sound like to them? Sound like nonsense. Ain't nobody coming like most people today. They don't believe that Jesus is coming back. People don't believe that Jesus is coming back. Can you imagine what, what um, Noah felt like when he was building that ark? Can you imagine what he felt like? They looked at him because it hadn't rained. There was no sustain as rain. And they looked at Noah like he was crazy every time he would put a nail in that ark. So what is this fool doing over here? Anyway, he's just wasting his time. But every time he put placed a nail in that ark, they didn't realize time was running out. They would tell people about hell. Ain't no such thing in hell. When I get there, all I'm going to do is turn my air conditioner on. Devil and I are going to sit down and have a few drinks together. See, all this stuff seems nonsense. It almost seems impossible. It seems nonsense to people to live in a, in a two or three dollar, a two or three million dollar home here on earth. And then when you die, they put you in a, in a pine box, oak box or whatever, and bury you six feet in the ground. It's nonsense to most people. It's nonsense for, for you to work all your life and then at the end of your life, you can't take all this money with you. That's nonsense. You can't take your possession with you. That's nonsense. Well, why do I have to turn my other cheek if somebody hit me or whatever? For me, as far as I'm concerned, guess what? 
They punch me, I punch them. What is all this love and all this stuff? Guess what? They don't love me. I don't want to love them either. That's nonsense. It makes more sense to us. If they don't love me, guess what? I don't, want, I don't need to love them either. It makes sense to do in that manner. But nonsense says, guess what? And nonsense says, well, guess what? We should love those that despitefully mistreat us by the grace of God. And, and then you go to the apostle. The apostle did what? They did not believe what they heard. Most people don't believe when it comes to church, a lot of things you learn in church and from the word of God, a lot of people don't believe that they can take those things that they're learning from the word, from the word. They can apply them to their life and make them happen. Come to, come, come to fruition. Come true by the grace of God. People say, well, guess what? I don't have but I don't make back number of dollars. And guess what? Why should I give 10% of that to God? That's nonsense. I'm already broke. So why shouldn't I take all of my money? It makes more sense to me to take all my money and pay all my bills and then pray God to bless me some other way. So why do I need, why do I need to give God a certain percentage of it? Because he said so. And when you do what God say, he's going to bless you. If you go out to Malachi, he said, he, wouldn't he not open up the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing did you not have room enough to receive? And then over in the book of Corinthians said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. This don't make sense to people. I'm not giving that church a dime. Giving that preacher all my money. But yet and still you go out and get a crack deal all your money. Then end up in, the, end up in, a, in, a, in a group home somewhere trying to recover. That makes more sense to you than giving to. Because once you give, listen to me, once you give, you're giving it unto God. If they take it and burn it, smoke it, pimp it, or what they want to do with it, that's between them and God. I hope and pray they don't do that. But if they do that, guess what? Once you release it, you have released it. It's no longer yours. And God is not going to renege on you Shortchange you because of what they're doing. You're doing what the word says. Words to give, and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto their bosom. If you want to get out, if you want to get out, you need to give out. By the grace of God. Most people say, Well, I don't have friends. But guess what? You're an unfriendly person. You can't even stand yourself. What's the last time I'm dealing with other people? If you learn how to love yourself and learn how to treat other people, man, you have more friends you can imagine. People say, oh, I'm just a loner. It's good to be alone until you get in trouble. Man, I'm telling you, you don't want to be on that lonely road. That's a lonely place to be, to be on that lonely road. The, the apostles again, they did not believe what they had heard. It's just like a lot of people today. All the stuff they're seeing in the world when it comes to politics, life in general, a lot of that stuff is nonsense to them. They feel that they can do absolutely nothing about it. 
It's not true. Look at your neighbors. It's not true. I don't care who tell you that. It's not true. You can do something about the situations. Like the storms or whatever. Like the disciples was in the storm with Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus was so calm, he went and got in the boat and went to sleep. Did he know that that storm was coming? He probably did. Knowing all things because the Holy Spirit don't, don't keep you in the darkness. But guess what? He believed that he could control, that he was the, had dominion over all things, regardless of what come up, that he could control it by the grace of God. And that's the way you got to be as a believer. You can't think you can control it because you, you have been given dominion over all things. Like if people say, well, you know, storms and all that stuff come up. Guess what? Again, you have what? Dominion or what? But to most people, people said that don't make sense. That's nonsense. You can't stop no hurricane. You can't stop this. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. If it could not be done, then the disciples were not able to stop the storm that they were dealing with. And that's why I said, you got to not only look at it, you got to believe what you see. That's why when a storm began to come up by the grace of God, you stand whatever direction that storm is coming, you take authority over by the grace of God. So I declare and decree in Jesus' name, this storm will not come in this direction. Well, you know, I got to do this, I got to do it. No, what you got to do, you, got, you need to get into and stand in authority, what you need to do, and take authority. Well, there's nothing I can do. You know, he, he, he's, he's doing this, he's doing this. But guess what? You, if you can't talk to him about God, guess what? You can talk to God about him or her by the grace of God. That's why it's so important is to know. That's what gives you peace. It don't give you no peace just doing this stuff and not getting it to work. Guess what? If there are lions and tigers and bears and you got guns and bullets and plenty of Good, big guns and bullets. Are you afraid of the tigers and lions and bears? No. Because guess what? You know you got the power to annihilate them if they come in contact with you. But if you have nothing, guess what? Man, you can be shaking your boots. Teeth will be knocking down like, you, like you're freezing to death. Afraid or scared. And this is not where God wants us to be. He wants us to be able to walk in our authority that he's given us or whatever. And many times, many times God would tell us something and people would say, well, you know what? I need to go think about this one. Other people did. We have to analyze everything we, everything people say to us. You don't need to analyze everything you say when it comes to God's word. If God's word, if God said it, God meant it, the only thing you got to do is believe it. That's all you have to do is believe it. And some people, before they can believe it, say, well, that's hard for me to believe. I, I, I just can't believe that. No, it's not that you can't believe it. You just don't want to believe it. It can come true by the grace of God. And once you can get these beliefs in your head straight about what you can have, what you can do, and the way it can be done, many things will change for us by the grace of God. But you can't believe for one minute for this, then next and next minute, the same thing, you, you're doubting about it. You can't do that. Either you doubt it or you believe it. 
You're on the fence or off the fence. You can't, say, can't be on the fence. You can't eat the cake and then turn around and think about saving it too. <laughs> it has to be one or the other. And that's why it's so important when it comes to believing, it's important for us to be able to make sure what we believe. Then in Luke 24, 25, then Jesus said to the two men, what did he say to them? He said, oh, he said, you, you are foolish and slow to realize what is true. You're slow to believe it. We will believe a lie quicker than many times we believe the truth. This society we live in. And the only thing you have to do is just believe it. If you, and that's why the enemy works so hard and works overtime with your life, try to get you to get into stuff so you don't believe God, so you can't trust God. Because the, the thing that he's after you when he come against you, he's not coming against you necessarily as a person. He's coming against your faith and what you believe. If he can get you to doubt and get you to questioning God and, and get, you begin to get you to start looking at things in a negative way, He's winning the battle. But once you say, you know, no, devil, all of a sudden something happened to you and you know what you need to do, what you need to do right, but the devil is telling you what to do that is wrong. You got a choice to make. You got a choice you say, well, you know what? I want to listen to God. I'm not going to listen to the devil. Same thing with, with argument and disagreement with, with, with family members, whatever. God will tell you, say, look, this is what you need to do to fix this, how you need to fix it. And the devil will come along and say, look, they'll come along and tell you, you know what? I just let them just go ahead and just have a hard time. Get them learn, learn the hard way. The hard way could be death. We don't realize it. But if you pray and listen to God, you can reverse things. God can open up their eyes that they may see. But like Peter and everybody, when we hear things that don't quite make sense to us, we got to analyze it. How in the world can I give my money and God in turn give what I don't have and God going to bless me with more money? How can that happen? We don't worry about how it's going to happen. We just do it and let God do what he do. And this is why so many people are stuck because they're trying to figure out what God's next move is. And what prevented us from believing God? What prevented us from believing God? A lot of your past, your past history, and your previous life has a lot to do with it. Many of us, B.C., before Christ, many of us was was good at what we did. And what we did was, was very prosperous to us. We learned how to trust ourselves and not God. We learned how to lean upon ourselves and not to understand of God. Because most of the time when we did that, it usually worked. It usually worked. And most of the time it came out very successful. And if you do that over a period of time, prior to serving God, when you begin to accept Jesus as your Savior, that becomes a challenge for you 
because you're so used to doing things your way that you don't need to trust God. Well, if it works, if, 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 if God's way works, it works. If it don't, I got a plan B. I've done stuff in the past and work, so I know for a fact if I do this, this will work too. What prevents us from, from being able to, to uh, cause us not to believe? Go to the book of Timothy, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. This is about Paul. Remember Paul, uh, Paul, before he became Apostle Paul, his previous life, Paul was a very smart individual, well-educated. And when we're smart, that can be very dangerous too. Because instead of us trusting in God, we have a tendency to trust and lean more to our own understanding than versus trusting God. Just think about it. Think about it. This world and, and the condition it's in, America, all the problem with inflation and all this stuff that we're dealing with right now. Think about it. We know God can do all things. Is that right? What's wrong with leaders standing before the world and saying, you know what, America, we got problems. And the person that can solve those problems is who? Jesus can solve them. God can solve them. But instead, what we do, we try to figure it out, plan it out, and try to do it all in our own strength. Then when a crisis comes, we're going to pray. Pray? Pray? Really? And many times it becomes a, a, a word, just a cliche. We're going to pray about this and pray about that. Many times when that conversation is over, that situation is over. They walk away. They ain't praying for you. They're going to pray. Why can't we pray now? Why can't we do it now? And we want to cheer. We want to see things change. Let's take it to the changer, which is God, by the grace of God. If we really want to see change. But many times, we don't want to see change. We say we want to see change, but we really don't want to see change. Anything can change. Look at your neighbors and say, anything can change. All things are possible. Can the situation we got in this world change? America, the inflation and all this stuff, can it change? Sure it can change. But what does change starts at? It starts at the top and works its way down to the bottom. Same thing with a home. Well, we are, our home is totally dysfunctional. Well, I wonder why it's dysfunctional. Because we are dysfunctional. Once we will stop becoming dysfunctional, the home will become, will stop becoming dysfunctional. Everything starts at the top, regardless, and work its way down. And in, in, in the book of Timothy, Paul was saying, that, even though I used to blaspheme the, the name of Christ, and this was before, before his life changed and whatever. Then goes on there. But God had mercy on me because I did it what? Did in ignorance. How many people are doing things out of ignorance and expecting God to, to make the changes? If God changed us, most of the time the situation would change. 
But people want to see change done, but we don't want God to do anything to them. If we let God change us, guess what? That problem that we was having will probably go away by the grace of God. But because of ignorance, because of not learning and not being able to apply the scriptures and reading the Bible, just reading it as a novel, not meditating upon what God has said, not only just read it, but let the word speak to you. When you read the Bible, you just don't want to just read the Bible, but you want the Bible to talk to you. Say, so God, what are you saying to me here? What are you telling me about my situation, how I can change? There's not one problem that you're having in your life cannot be changed if you get into God's word and you're open to it. We want God to fix it, but we want to stay the same. We're not seeing the change because guess what? Before God can fix the problem, he needs to fix us because really the problem is us. We're the problem by the grace of God. And then it goes on down because of, un because of ignorance and unbelief. Paul acknowledges this. He realized what he was doing was wrong. And most people will justify why they're doing the wrong they're doing. They try to justify it. You can't get help like that. In order to change the problem, to deal with the problem, you got to confront the problem. When David had sinned against uh, had went out and sinned against God. When he told God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, God. David realized not only he had sinned, had sinned against Uriah and Bathsheba, but also he had sinned against the creator, which was God. He told God for his God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Get me straight first, God. Help me to get on the right road. Help me to change my action, change my attitude, my behavior. Stop walking around. I got Lindbergh cheese on my, on my nose, on my nose. Turn my nose up at everything. Everything is wrong. And Paul said, guess what? He did what he did out of ignorance and unbelief. How many people today that will be honest and open enough to be able to say, you know what, God, the reason why I fail in some of the areas I fell in because of ignorance and unbelief. You got to be open and honest with yourself. You can't change what you're not willing to confront. Then on that book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12, Once we get our heart straight, get our heart right with God. Because, see, God don't look at our degrees and all that good stuff like that. He sees them. But when God does evaluation, it's always based upon your heart. It's your heart. Hebrews 3 and 12 said, Take heed, brethren. He said, At least there'll be in be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Your heart, getting your heart right, making sure it's straight with people, make sure it's straight with God. 
Because in order to have a right relationship with people, you got to have a right relationship with God. People say, I love God, but I hate people. You got it all twisted. You all twisted up. Because how can a man love God whom he has not seen and hate his brother whom he has seen? You can't do it. It's impossible to do by the grace of God. In other words, a hardened heart is a heart that is unpersuadable. It's unpersuadable. Regardless of what I tell you, regardless of what I show you, regardless of what I reveal to you, you're not going to change. You're like concrete. You're thoroughly mixed and you're permanently set. You're not budging. That's an unpersuadable heart. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to get to that point. And many times, people that you don't like, <laughs> look at your neighbors, people that you don't like, oftentimes come up and tell you stuff that's good for you. But you don't want to receive it because what? Because it comes from them. <laughs> Hello? They're telling you some good stuff here. And you know it's right. But guess what? You don't want to receive it from them. You want to get to the point where truth is truth. Regardless of where it comes from and who it comes from. If it comes from your enemy, great. God used them to be able to help you a little bit down the road. And that's why it's so important. You don't want to get to a point where your heart is unpersuadable. Can't nobody talk to you. They tell you something, it sort of goes over your head by the grace of God. And just because they tell you things or whatever, make sure that it always lines up with the Word of God. Lines up with the Word of God. And we need to believe the Word of God. Go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 10 through 14. What you believe determines the outcome. Here's Moses talking to the children of Israel. He said, for these laws are not in the far heavens so distant that you can't hear and obey them and without no one to bring them down to you nor are they beyond oceans so far that no one can bring can bring you bring you their message. But look at verse 14. But they are what? But they are very close at hand in your heart and on your lips so obey them. So even though you're not saved even though you don't believe, God said truth is available to you. It's available, it's available to you to believe if you want to believe. I'm reading from a different translation. From I'm reading from the, from the, living, from the living Bible. And that's why it's so important to be able to trust God. God said these things that you want to do and want to accomplish, the things that people want to see happen in their life, they want to have them see happen in the family life, the 
the children life are not so far out there that they're unattainable. They all these goals and dreams that you have can be reached. Are you listening to me? That business deal that you that God been telling you about, been talking to you about, you procrastinating to put it off. Well, you're making hundreds, you could be making millions. That's not so far out there that cannot be reached. Only thing you got to do is just believe the word and do what God said do and do it his way. When things start happening, don't look at it as, you know, all about the devil. This could be things that are happening to you it's helping you to align yourself with it, align yourself up with that dream and that goal that God has for you, that you told God you wanted to do. So many people sometimes they write it off. Well, you know, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. People say, I don't know what they think they're doing. It's not going to work. But guess what? It will work. And when you begin to start on the journey of reaching that goal, of reaching that dream, or working toward that goal, or working toward that dream, everything will look seems impossible. Look like all hell look like I'm trying to break loose against you. Why is that happening? It's really to discourage you, to see how determined you are. Is your mind, is that just a good idea? Or is that just a passion for you? Are that real, is that really a heart desire? Which one is it? When you start dealing with stuff, it's going to bring it all out to the front, to the forefront. And if that's your heart desire, I don't care what is thrown at you, you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up until you see it come to pass by the grace of God. And if God tells you to do it, Ain't no doubt in my mind. It'll work. Well, you know, it's, it seemed like it's taking so long, God. That's not your problem. Your problem is to be patient and to wait. Don't move until he said move. Like he told the children of Israel, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm be able to carry you, and you're going to be able to travel and move when I tell you to move. By a fiery pillar at night and a cloudy pillar by day. When you move, I move. But don't move until I tell you to move. And that's the way you got to look at it. And you got to tell God. And when you talk to God, you can't go in there. Oh, Lord. Lord, help me, Jesus. You got to talk to God just like I'm talking to you. Say, God, look, I'm not really sure why I am. I'm not really sure. I don't feel what I felt a few months ago. God, refresh me. Renew my mind about what you told I know you told me to do it. I have no doubt about what you told me to do. But I need a freshness now, God, to be able to make sure that I don't get off course, I get off track. Look what God did to Abraham. Look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. It's not unusual for us to want to get off track and get off track. And sometimes we do get off track. But when you get off track, you want to quickly get back on track. 
by the grace of God. God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child. That promise didn't come through overnight, two or three days, two or three months, 25 years later. A child ain't got that long to wait. Well, you don't want God to work it for you then. You need to be prepared to wait as long as you need to wait. When you get impatient, just tell God, say, God, I know what you told me to do, but I am getting a little impatient here. I need your help. I need you to work with me here. And guess what? God will work with you. Have that type of relationship with God and you can talk to God just like you talk to another friend. Talk to another person. You don't always have to run in your closet to talk to God. Talk to God driving down the street. God, this is a, a great day. I'm thankful for all the great things you're doing for me. I'm going on this appointment. And God, and I pray that great things will come out of this appointment. Don't go in and ride in the road in sorrow and disappointment, unbelief. Well, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what they're going to do. You don't. But you got to say so in the matter as well. By telling God, say, God, look, this is what I like for it to happen. Um, a few days, a few, few days ago, I old trash can at the house. You know those trash cans that you know that the that you put, uh, place your uh, garbage out of your house in, big green ones. Well, I was like, gotten all beat up, all jacked up or whatever, you know, because of the abuse. When that, when that machine come on, that truck come on, it grabs that thing. And that old plastic be hard, and when, in the wintertime it be hard, and cause it be, be cold. And in the summertime it be hot, and it makes it very brittle, where it, where it, will, where it will break and bend. So um, Hilda called, and told Huntsville um, UT, um, Sanitation Department, we need a new one. And she told Lord, she said, now Lord, I just don't want one of the more ugly type of green. She did tell me what it was and what it looked like. But there's one type of green that she didn't want. And she told God, she said, God, look, I just don't want that old ugly green type of trash can. This is the color I want. And would you believe? What happened? What happened? She got what she wanted. Telling God what you want and being sincere about it. God is not like man where man looks with the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. God, I don't know how to fix this. I have no, and they could have came up with anything. But just, just let you know how deeply involved God is in your life if you allow him to. And it's your choice that you want that you can trust him to that degree. That's your choice. God can be as far from you as east from west, or he can be as close as mention of his name. That's your choice. And that's why it's important to be able to, to trust God. And, and look what the Bible says in verse and down in the same go back to Genesis. Because what Abraham reminded uh, Reminded Abraham, he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward the heavens. And what, what was God doing here? 
He was refreshing him, reminding him of a dream he had promised. Because Abraham, after 20 some years or whatever, after a month for some, for some of us, a week, a day, we get weary. You can't imagine 20 some years, Abraham was getting weary. And then he told Abraham to do something. He said, now look, look now toward the heavens and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thou be thy seed. Seed. He reminded him again, said, guess what? What I told you 25 years ago, I have not changed my mind. It has not changed. But I want to make sure you don't change. Change your mind and what you're believing for. What you asked me for before all this happened, you asked me for a son. Abraham, it is getting very close for that thing to come into fruition here, for that child to come. I realize what you have done and all that other good stuff, whatever, but guess what? This is just a reminder to you. I'm still in covenant with you. Are you in covenant with me? I'm still in agreement with you. Are you still in agreement with me? And God would do that on several occasions. But guess what? Our spirits and our mind has to be sensitive and be open to God so God can talk to us on that level. By the grace of God. And you heard me say many times about the old house we live in right now. I told God, I said, God, I bought many things in life. Never bought. I bought cars. I bought clothing. All types of stuff. Never bought a house. Never bought a house. But Lord, when I get to this house, I need to make sure that is the house I need to be. It needs to be the house that I need to be in. By the grace of God. When God puts your name on something, it got to be yours. He wrote my name on it. Now, son, if you miss this, then you got to be a little bit out there. And sure enough, see, that's how intimately God wants to be with you if you are with him. So you don't have to go into a whole lot of changes. You can talk to God all the time, 24-7, even on your job. People don't know who you don't have to know who you're talking to. You don't have to always run into your closet to talk to God. Go into your bathroom <laughs> and, and just have a few minutes to talk to God. And guess what? God will talk to you. And when you don't see results, guess what? You make a choice where you want to believe God still. Look at Acts, Acts chapter 28 and verse 23 through 24. And just because we all see the same thing, we hear the same thing in churches, that don't mean we're all going to believe the same thing. Don't mean we're going to believe it. God's going to make things available to you. But are you going to make yourself available to those things that God made available to you? Because those things is really what you need. People say, well, I don't need this. I don't need church. Really, you don't need church. That's true. Right now, you don't. But they will come that you really need church. Because you look back and regret all the great things you, you miss because you were not in church. And also, there is a scripture in the Bible that says, 
Hebrews 10.25 said, guess what? Forsake not the assembly of ourselves together as the man of some is, but exalting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. He said, don't forsake yourself the assembling yourself together. And here it was in the book of Acts. So a time was set. On that day, a large number of people came to Paul lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to what? Tried to persuade, persuade them about Jesus from the scripture. And this is what God is doing now. Every Sunday, every time the word is preached, he's trying to persuade somebody to make a choice to believe him. And notice what it said here. Using the law of Moses and the books of the prophet, he spoke to them from the morning until when? Until evening. And look what happened. Some were persuaded by the things he said. But what, what happened? But others did not believe. They didn't believe it. God don't expect me to do that. If he tell you to do it, he expect you to do it. And better still, he even give you grace to do it. If you want to do it. God is good. And that's why it's so important, really. Even if, it, even if you don't believe, you still have to make a choice to believe what God said. When we make the right choices and believe the right things in our life, Thing changes in our life. When we make the right choice to believe God and believe his word, thing changes in our life. I don't know about you, but a lot of things changed in my life when I made the decision to believe, trust, and have faith in God. A lot of things changed by the grace of God. One more scripture. Book of John, John chapter 5, verse 5 through 9. Very familiar passage of scripture here. God is good. It is a choice to believe God. It's not a force. It's not a push. It's a choice to believe God. Say a certain man was there which he had an infirmity for 30 and 8 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he was, had been, been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? Then was the man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, while I am coming another, another steps down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day, it was the Sabbath. The odds was against the man. First of all, he got healed on a Sabbath day. And when the Pharisees and scribes said, that considered be work. Nothing's supposed to happen on the Sabbath. But guess what? There's never a wrong day to do good when it comes to God, to helping people, being a blessing to people. 
and never a wrong day or wrong hour. And not only that, but also Jesus asked the man a question. Jesus knew that he had been in that situation for how many years? For 38 years. Can things change? Anything can change by the grace of God. And the only thing you got to do is just believe it. When God tell you that all things are possible, by his stripes, not you're going to be healed, but by his stripes, you are healed. Guess what? That's not based upon what man say, believe or don't believe. If you can believe it, you can have it by the grace of God. You can have it. It's yours. Now, the only thing you got to do is not get into get into a pattern of rushing and trying to push God and force God. Just let God do what he needs to do. Because God's going to do it. And after he, after Jesus, after man shared with Jesus what his reasoning, his reasoning for not being healed, after he shared with Jesus his point of view, Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made whole? Some people want to get, want change. But they don't want change. They don't want to change. <laughs> In order for the situation to change, you got to change you first. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? We know about the circular situation. Do you want to be made whole? And the impotent man, the impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man. See, he was going on by what he believed, what he had been taught, not realizing what God can do. And this is where a lot of times people get caught up and they miss God in here. He said, When the water is troubled to put me in into the pool, he'll wait for somebody else to do for him what he needs to be doing for himself. That's the way people are. God, I want to go to heaven. But I don't want to live right. <laughs> but guess what? That's a prerequisite of being able to get there but when you live right. That's a small portion of it. But look at all the great things you could be enjoying before you get there, by the grace of God. Instead of sitting in jail for 40 and 50 years or whatever, look at all the great things you could be enjoying and can be experiencing whatever, by the grace of God. Instead of being incarcerated, locked up like an animal, God forbid, you got a choice to do right just like you got a choice to do wrong. That's your choice. The devil didn't make you do anything. The devil presented the opportunity, and you made the choice to do it. And if we make the right choice, we can reverse anything that in our life that we don't like. We can reverse it. Like you, like I told you when I was a kid growing up, I used to uh, stutter real bad. Had a problem with impediment of speech. 
when when I got angry, I couldn't talk at all. I couldn't get the words out. Mama said, shut up, boy, and talk. But you know, and then I used to have asthma. When God heals the soul, saves the body, he also heals the soul. And guess what? You will never know that today by the grace of God. And guess what? God is no respected person. And that's why it's so good to be able to believe and trust God. It is your choice how you want to live, how you want to be remembered in this life. That's your choice. It's your choice what you want to do with your life. That's your choice. It's your choice what you want to give your life to. That's your choice. All these things, it's your choice where you say, you know what? I thank God that I can call you my Savior. That's your choice. It's all your choice. Every head bowed and eye closed. This morning, look back over your life and, and begin to look back at some things that you've discarded. You say, God, I wanted to see it happen, but it seemed like old Mother Nature called time is running out on me. I don't feel like I feel, I don't feel now like I felt then about that situation. But I do want reversal. I do want change. And God, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, rekindle that fire, ignite that thing within me again, Jesus, so that I don't give up. I'll be able to have what I've asked for. Remember the scripture said we have not because we ask not. And God, when I ask you, I believe. But because of time, I don't know where I am right now. But rekindle that fire that's in me right now to help me to be able to receive the things you wanted me to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our music is going to play again. Um,